Welcome to the Enchanted Library, where we turn the pages of books, beautiful and old, living and magical. It's time to curl up, get cozy, and join us on an adventure. Today we're reading from Viking Tales by Jenny Hall. We're starting part two called West Overseas. Chapter 12. Homes in Iceland. Men had been feasting in Ingolf's house, but there was no laughing and no shouting of jokes. Ingolf sat in his high seat, frowning and gloomy. His head hung on his breast. He was staring into the fire. Now he raised his head and looked about the hall. Comrades, he said, what shall we do? Herstein and Holmstein died by our swords. Their kinsmen hunger to kill us. Besides, when Harold hears of our deed, there will not be a safe place in Norway for us. He will never let a man fight out an honest quarrel. Where shall we go? A man stood up from the bench. We have friends in the Shetlands, he said. Let us find homes there. Then Leif, in the high seat opposite Ingolf, stood up. No, not the Shetlands, my foster brother. They are crowded already. Besides, Harold will not long keep his hands off them. Then they will be no better than Norway. England and Ireland and Scotland are old. My eyes ache for something new. What of that far island that Floki found? It is empty. We could choose our land from the whole country. There is good fishing. There are green valleys. And Butter Thorolf said that butter drops from every weed. There are mountains and deserts where we may find adventure. I say, let us steer for Iceland. When he stopped, many of the men shouted, Yes, Iceland! But an old man stood up. We have all laughed at that tale of Butter Thorolf's, he said. But Floki himself said that the sea about the island is full of ice that pushes upon the land, that no ship can live in that water in the winter, that great mountains of ice cover the island. Did not all his cattle die there of hunger and cold? And did he not come back to Norway cursing Iceland? Oh, Syvat, you are old and fearful, called out Leif, and he laughed. Then he stretched himself up and threw back his head. Are we afraid of ice? Have we not seen angry water before? I have been hungry, but I have never died of it. Surely if there are fish in the sea and grass in the valleys, we can live there. I should like to stand on a hill and look around on a wide land and think, This is all ours, and out upon a rough sea and think, Far off there are our foes, and they dare not come over to us. Besides, we shall have no shockhead herald to lord it over us. We can come and go and feast and fight as we please. We shall be our own kings, and our ships shall always be waiting to take us away when we are weary of it and we shall see things that other men have never seen. I am tired of the old things. Perhaps in after days men will make songs about those foster brothers, Ingolf and Leif, who made a new country and a wonderful land, and whose sons and grandsons are mighty men in Iceland. Ingolf leaped up from his chair. By the strong arm of Thor, he cried, I like the sound of it. Now I make my vow. He raised his drinking horn. I vow that I will find this Iceland and pass the winter there, 
and that if man can live upon it, I will go back there and set up my home. And I vow I will follow my foster brother, cried Leif, and many men vowed to go. So on the next day they began to make ready a boat. They looked her over carefully, and recalked every seam, and freshly painted her, and put into her their strongest oars, and made her a new sail. This will be the longest voyage that she ever made, Ingolf said. When the work was done, they put into her great stores, axes, hammers, fish nets, cooking kettles, kegs of ale, chests of hard bread, chests of smoked meat, brass kettles full of flour, skin bottles of water. They stowed these things away in the ends of the ship. When they were ready, they put in four head of cattle. We shall need the milk and perhaps the meat, Ingolf said. Many men wished to go, but Ingolf had said, There is little room to spare and little food and drink. I have planned for half a year, but perhaps we must be sailing longer than that. Our food may run short. We must not have extra mouths to feed. There are thirty oars in our boat. I will take only one man for every oar, and Leif and I will steer. So they started off. Leif stood in the prow, leaning forward and looking far ahead, and he sang, what does the swimming dragon smell? The stormy sea, an empty land, hunger, darkness, giants, fire. Leif and his sword do laugh at that. They sailed for days and saw no land. Sometimes they passed ships and always made sure to sail close enough to hail them. Where are you going? Ingolf would call. To Norway, would come back the answer. For trade or fight, Leif would shout. Then would ring out a great laugh from that boat, and this answer, A shut mouth is a good friend. So the two ships sailed on, and the men were glad to have heard a greeting and to have called one. But at last there were the Shetlands. We will go in here and rest, Ingolf said. When they rowed to shore, a certain Shetland man stood there. He watched them land and looked them all over. Then he walked up to Ingolf and said, You look like brave men. Welcome to Shetland. You shall come to my house and rest your legs from shipgoing and fill your stomachs. I hunger for news of Norway. So they went to his house and stayed there for three days. And good it seemed to be near a fire and in a quiet bed and before a steaming platter. When they went to the shore to start off again, the Shetland man had his thralls carry a keg of ale and a great kettle of cooked meat and put them into the ship. Think of me when you eat this, he said. Then the Norsemen put to sea again and sailed for a long time. One day, a terrible storm came up. The sky was black. The wind howled through the ship. Great waves leaped in the sea. Down with the sail and out with the oars, Ingolf shouted. So the men furled the sail and took down the mast and laid it along the bottom of the boat. As they worked, one man was washed overboard and drowned. The men sat down to row, but the tumbling waves tossed the boat about and poured over her and broke three of the oars. But still the men held on. They were wet to the skin and were cold, and their arms and legs ached with the hard work, and they were hungry from the long waiting, but not one face was white with fear. Ran in her caves under the sea wants us for company tonight, Ingolf laughed. So they tossed about all night, but in the morning the winds died down. Great waves still rolled. For days the sea was rough, but they could put up the sail. Then one day Leif, as he sat in the pilot's seat, jumped to his feet and sang, 
to eyes grown tired with looking far, all at once appeared an island, a stretching place for sea legs, a quiet bed for backs grown stiff, on rowing bench on a rolling sea, a place to build a red fire and thaw the blood that sea winds froze. But when they came near, they saw no place to land. The island was like a mountain of rock standing out of the water. The sides were steep and smooth. They sailed around it, but found no place to climb up. There are many other islands here, said Leif. We will try another. So he steered to another. It too was a steep rock, but one side sloped down to the water and was green with grass. Oh, I have not seen anything so good as that green grass since I looked into my mother's face, one man said. There was a little harbor there. The men rowed in and quickly jumped out and put the rollers under the ship and pulled her upon shore. Then they threw themselves down on the grass and rolled and stretched their arms and shouted for joy. After that, they built a fire and warmed themselves and cooked a meal and ate like wolves. They slept there that night. In the morning, before Ingolf's men started away, they were standing high up on the hillside looking about. They saw no houses on any of the islands, but they saw smoke rise from one hillside. Some other men like us, weary of the sea and stopping to rest, said Ingolf. They saw that island that they had sailed around the night before. There can surely be nothing but birds' nests on top of that, Syvat said. Look, cried another, pointing. Men were standing on the flat top of that island. They were letting a boat down the steep side with ropes. When it struck the water, they made a rope fast to the rock and slid down it into the ship and sailed off. Some robber Vikings from Scotland or Ireland, laughed Leif. It is a good hiding place for treasure. Soon Ingolf and his men got into their ship and were off. Old Syvat grumbled. Is this land not new enough and empty enough and far enough? I am tired of sea, 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 and nothing else. We started for Iceland, said Ingolf, and I will not stop before I come there. I have a vow. Did you make none, Syvat? Then they were on the water again for weeks with no sign of land. Oh, I would give my right hand to see a dragon pawing the water off there and to fling a word to its men, Syvat said. No hope of that, replied Ingolf. Only three dragons before ours have ever swept this water and men are not sailing this way for pleasure or riches. So only the desolate sea stretched around them. Sometimes it was smooth and shining under the sun. Often it was torn by winds, and a gray sky hung over it, and the men were drenched with rain. Once they ran into a fog. For three days and nights they could not see sun or stars to steer by. They forgot which way was north. When, after three days, the fog lifted, they found that they had been going in the wrong direction, and they had to turn around and sail all that weary way over again. But at last, one afternoon, they saw a white cloud resting on the water far off. As they sailed toward it, it grew into long stretches of black, hilly shore, with a blue ice mountain rising from it. The sun was going down behind that mountain, and long lines of pink and of shining green and great purple shadows streaked the blue. It is Iceland, shouted the men. It is like Asgard the Shining, Ingolf said. But it was still far off. Men can see a long way there because the air is so clear. So Ingolf and his people sailed on for hours and at last came into a harbor. 
A little green valley sloped up from it. On one side was the bright ice mountain. Back of it were bare black and red hills. In that valley, Ingolf and his men drew up their boat and camped. At supper that night, one of the men said, I almost think I never felt a fire before or had warm food in my mouth. The men laughed. It is four months since we left Norway, Ingolf said. Few men have ever been on the sea that long. That night, they put up the awning in the boat and slept under it. After that, some men went fishing every day in the rowboat that they had. And Ingolf took others, and they sailed along the shore, seeing what kind of land this was. But winter began to come on. Then Ingolf said, Remember what Floki said of the ice and the rough sea in winter. Soon we cannot sail any longer. Let us choose a place to stay, and build a hut there, and cut hay for our cattle. So they did. Their hut was a little mean thing of stones and turf. They kept the cattle and the hay in it. Sometimes they slept there when it was very cold. But most of the time they ate and slept by a great bonfire out of doors where it was clean. Leif said, I like the cold air of the sea better than the bad-smelling air of a house, even though it is warm. Now every day Ingolf and Leif and some of the men walked about the island. At night they all sat around the campfire and talked about what they had seen during the day. This is surely a wonderful land, Ingolf had said once. It is at the same time like Niflheim and like Asgard. Here is a spot green and soft, a sweet cradle for men. Next it is a mountain of ice where men would freeze to death. And next to that is a hill of rock that seems to have come out of some great fire. Yesterday I saw a cave on the seashore. The door of it was big enough for a giant. The waves broke at the doorstep. A terrible roaring came from the cave. I think it is the home of a giant. I think that giants of fire and giants of frost made this island. I have seen great basins in the rocks filled with warm water. They looked like giants' bathtubs. I have seen boiling water shoot up out of the ground. I have walked and felt and heard a great rumbling under me, as though some giant were sleeping there and turning over in his sleep. One day I stood on a mountain and looked inland. There was a wide desert of sand and black and red rock with nothing growing on it. The fierce wind blew dirt into my eyes, and the cold of it froze the marrow in my bones. When I have seen these things, I have cursed the country, and have said, The gods hate Iceland. I will not stay here. But then I have walked through beautiful warm valleys where the winds did not come. I saw in my mind the flowers that we found last summer. I saw our cattle feeding on the sweet grass. I thought of the sea full of good fish. I saw my house built among green fields, and my wife sitting in her home, and my children playing among the flowers and making up tales about the bright ice mountains. I saw the wide, rough seas between me and Harold and our foes. Then I thought to myself, it is the sweetest home on earth. As for me, I am coming here to live. What do you say, comrades? Have I not vowed to follow you, foster brother, said Leif? And indeed, I never saw a land that I liked better. I don't believe in your giants. My sword is my god, and my ship is my temple, and I like this land to set them up in. They sat about the fire long that night, making plans. You shall go home and get our women and our things in golf, said Leif. I will off to Ireland and have a frolic. There will be little play of swords in this empty land, and I want to have one last game before I hang up my battle knife. 
Besides, I will come to you with a ship full of gold and clothes and house hangings, such as we cannot get here, and they will cost me nothing but the swing of a sword. As they talked, Ingolf looked up at the sky. The northern lights were quivering there. They were like great flames of yellow and green and red. See, he said and pointed, we are not so far that the gods will forget us. There is the flash of the armor of the Valkyries. A battle is on somewhere, and Odin has sent his maidens to choose the heroes for Valhalla. Leif only laughed and lay down to sleep. So in the spring they all went back to Norway. Leif got ready the boat again and merrily sailed for Ireland. Here I go to get riches for our new land, he said. Ingolf set his men to cutting down pines in the forest and some to building a new ship. He had his thralls plant large crops of grain and grind flour and make new kegs and chests of wood. He himself worked much at the forge, making all kinds of tools, spades, axes, hammers, hunting knives, cooking kettles. The women were busy weaving and sewing new clothes. Ingolf sold his house and land and everything he could not take back with him. After about two years, Leif came back. He had ten thralls that he got in Ireland. He took Ingolf aboard his ship and raised the covers of great chests, gold helmets, silver-trimmed drinking horns, embroidered robes, and swords flashed out. Did I not say that I would come back with a full ship? he laughed. At last, all things were ready for starting. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review on your favorite podcast platform and share our podcast with a friend. Stay connected by following us on Facebook at facebook.com slash enchantedlibrary. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com slash enchantedlibrary. We appreciate your support. Until next time, friends, happy reading.